Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 to The Breakfast Show this morning. And you are joined by myself, Lawson, returning from my brief hiatus. And I've got Mon alongside me as well. Monica, how are you doing? Oh, I am good as gold. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, I just had a really good weekend. That's awesome. <laughs> I got to go to the Islington flea markets uh-huh. and rummage around the junk. I love rummaging oh, around the junk. Oh, dude, rummaging is the best. <laughs> I know, right? Rummage, rummage, rummage. And then, I'm wait, so into it. Islington flea market. So it's like they're just selling. Like car boot sale. Like people turn up with it. Oh, that's yeah, just, mad. Yeah. Did you sell anything? No, no, no. I went shopping. You went shopping. Oh, like, I went shopping. <laughs> You're like, time to show up. Oh. Yeah. All I bought was one globe. Yeah. <laughs> And this one guy like had... Like a snow globe? No, no, no. no. Like, a, like light... a world globe. Like a little... Uh, oh, a yeah, world like globe. Like a spinning world globe. Nice. Yeah, a map, an atlas kind oh, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Cool. And one guy was just handing out free lemons, so I got a lemon and a globe. That's powerful. Yeah. You did some window shopping. Well, you did, you did some <laughs> yeah. window shopping. You were listening, looking through the back windows of people's cars, <laughs> you know. Have you ever been to a flea market? That's no. not how no. it works. <laughs> like, maybe, but like, no. <laughs> no, people like have like... um They put stuff on the ground on like tarp or they put it on a little table, oh, okay. a trestle table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. How are you doing? It's so good to have you back in the studio. It's great. I am so great to be back. I was away all last week. Well, Monday, Tuesday, you know, we had Anzac Day, public holidays, yeah. that kind of thing. I had been at camp and I had been holding the fort down, broadcasting from camp as well, and that was amazing. Uh, but then I drove up to Byron Bay for my sister's wedding. Oh, nice. And it was beautiful and amazing, and I'm so happy for them. Shout you out to Jared and Haley. Yeah, I sang a few songs. I sang like five songs. Oh. It was, oh man, that's a whole story yeah. of how I was just really cooked. My voice was like really wrecked, but oh, no. I got through. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, where we cover all things positively different. And we truly live our best lives because we know Jesus. Now, Monica, we also trying to extend that positively different life to other people by giving them stuff for free. Yes. And One of giving, our things but also here. giving them the ability to exercise their minds, right? Yeah, and yeah, to yeah. know the Bible better. Uh-huh. And that is through our quiz. So, Monica, what is our first question for the quiz this morning? Our first clue this morning, it's a what city am I quiz um, mm-hmm. this morning. And the first clue goes like this After leaving Athens, Paul went to this city and stayed a year and a half. Oh, I know what this is. If you know what this is, 0491. 0491- 064669 is the number to call or text. And what is the amazing prizes they can win? We are giving away volume eight of the Revive Cafe oh. Cookbook series. Yeah. I'm, wow. Shell's printed out, DJ Shell's printed out a piece of paper um, describing this cookbook. And I don't know why, but she included a lot of photos, colorful photos. And now I'm hungry. Thanks, DJ Shell. <laughs> it looks really good. So it's got hot pots and stir fries, main meals, sweet things, sides, and flavor boosters. Oh, it just sounds delicious. So yeah, 82 recipes um, from six delicious sections. The Revive Cafe Cookbook, we interview the uh, author, Jeremy Dixon, uh, on the radio here quite frequently, actually. Mm. Um, he's in New Zealand, and uh, as is his restaurant. But yeah, the cookbooks have gone worldwide. Uh, he's written 10, and we are giving away volume 8, so one of the more recent ones. So you definitely mm. want to play along this week. 
um, and get this cookbook. So, yeah, get yourself in with a chance to win. You just need one chance in uh, for the prize draw on Friday. I'm going to give you that clue again. Uh, what city am I? After leaving Athens, Paul went to this city and stayed a year and a half. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Call or text. Mm. I got to do some shout outs this morning to firstly Mornington Peninsula in Ooh, Victoria. Beautiful place. Shout out Mornington Peninsula. I love that. I love that when when a town name is like a name and then followed by a description of the land that it oh, is. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. like Harvey Bay. Or Bondi Beach, uh-huh. or Mornington Peninsula, but I think Mornington P- Peninsula just having two really cool words like that it just tops everything else. And hey, shout out to Port Macquarie, another one hey, of these descriptions. Shout out Port Mac, beautiful, lovely spot. Uh, we were hanging out at camp, very close to Port Macquarie, and uh, I-, I think I've driven past Port Macquarie four times in the last week. Oh, really? So I've been been going up and down that coast. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we have come to the place where we're we're going to share some positively different news. Yes, indeed. I I have um, something to share. It's about one of my all-time favourite things. DJ Mm. Shaw's going to roll her eyes. Um, Dogs. Oh, I thought you were going to say Christmas. Oh, that too! And I was going to be like... It is May. <laughs> Stop. It's actually the 1st of May, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Well, dogs at Christmas is even better than Christmas or mm. dogs. But, um, yeah, mm. just, just FYI, everyone, <laughs> it's only 237 days until Christmas. Um, I did warn you on Friday it was 240 days, but we're now down to 237. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm away, you talk about Christmas. That's powerful. <laughs> That's that's why that's why my assumption was there. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the history exists. All right. So, what are dogs doing? Oh my goodness. Okay. So, right. I um, I'm gonna tell you a little personal story before I oh, share this story that okay. came up on the news feed. Uh, I, when I was down in Tasmania um, during COVID, uh, my friend has a dog. Uh, mm. His name's Strop. And I had to babysit him a few times, and he's a real sweet boy. And um, oh. he, dogs are so clever. Dogs are so. I'm gonna prove that with a quote from Spirit of Prophecy in a minute. Mm-hmm. But um, this dog in particular, Strop, um, his owner Mark told me this story that really just gave me goosebumps all over. So when he first got Strop, every time that he came home, Strop would go running to the door and jump up, you know, happy to see his owner, like most dogs do. And one thing Strop always did was he always sniffed. Mark's right eyeball. I just always was sniffing at his right eyeball. And Mark was like, oh, get off, get off. You know, just thought it was some quirk that Strop had. Uh And he used to do it all the time, all the time for years. Mm -hmm. And then one morning, Mark woke up with his pillow covered in blood. And so he went to the hospital and they discovered that behind his right eyeball, he had a massive tumour. Wow. And so they had to scrape it out. He didn't lose his eyeball, but he did lose the capacity to see through his white eyeball. So if you sure. meet if you meet Mark, um, his right eye is um, cloudy yeah. and doesn't function anymore. Anyway, uh, he was in hospital for a little while. He got home. Strop comes running up to meet him, jumps up, sniffs his right eyeball, and never sniffed it again. Wow. Never sniffed again. Completely uninterested in his eyeball now. So he could smell that tumour. Um, can you imagine, though, like, every... every ugh, me. That is freaky. I know, I know. Right? Because, you know, they say that the tra- there are training dogs now uh-huh. that have the capacity to sniff cancer as, like, an early cancer detector. So mm-hmm. they have the capacity to smell those cells. So Strop, obviously, is one of those dogs that can do that, and they just didn't know that he had that capacity to do it. I just keep thinking, like, how horrifying to be a dog... 
and know that your 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 master is in danger and not be able to communicate that. Oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Anyway, another mm. cool story that, that reminded me of Strop's story uh, has come out. This is so amazing. So a woman's life has been saved after a, her dog found her a kidney donor. Get lost. I'm not even At the beach. What? At the beach, dude. So, so the dog walked up and said, hey, do you have this kind of kidney and this type, <laughs> this kind of blood type? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my, the dog whipped out my, a survey and a blood my test. My owner has kidney <laughs> failure. And uh, <laughs> no, how does this happen? So, so this, is, uh, this is in Wales. Um, uh-huh. Uh, yes, yeah, so a lady. She had late stage renal failure. She, um, uh, she, her name's Lucy Humphrey. She's forty four year old. She's from mm-hmm. Philly. Uh She's lived her whole adult life with lupus. Um, um, but her doctors told her that she couldn't. If she couldn't find a kidney within five years' time, she'd be a huge chance that she would die. And mm-hmm. just you know, the odds finding a match for her was a one in twenty two million chance. Why is that? I think just maybe blood type or something. I don't know, but. Yeah, so she had a real issue with this. So she she basically thought she was going to die because it's one thing to find a person who's a match. It's another thing is to find a match who's willing to give you the kidney. Mm-hmm. So she requires kidney dialysis and her and her husband, um, you know, had to basically cancel their lives for a long time because everything revolved around getting medical treatment. Um, and one day decided, you know, instead of going on their usual annual holiday, they're just going to drive to the beach and have a barbecue. Mm. And so they're sitting there and one of the, they had two big Dobermans, you know, those big, you know, like dogs. And uh, one of them, his name was, her name was Indy, mm-hmm. kept running over to another camper and was pestering this camper um, while she was sitting there crocheting and um, and just kept running back and forth. And so um, uh, Lucy noticed that Indy was behaving quite weird, like she'd never seen this behaviour from a dog before, and uh, from her dog before. And so she eventually was like, you know, there must be something wrong with this woman, let me go over and help her. And, uh, and so she went over and met 40-year-old Katie James and discovered there's nothing wrong with Katie, Indy was just behaving weird. And um, and they got to chatting. They made friends. Uh, and Lucy basically told Katie about her kidney woes, and that's when Katie mentioned that she had just joined up for the kidney donation registry and offered to swap phone numbers. And uh, and they did blood tests and revealed that they were actually a perfect match. One in twenty two million chance. So they did the operation. Uh, transplant took uh, place. And uh, she needed four weeks to recover, and um, and now she's uh, in in the healthiest state of her life that she's ever been. And I, I tend to think that the dog knew, like, because they, you know, if the dog can smell cans and the dog can smell a, a tumor, the dog should be able to smell a blood match, right? Because mm. that's what they, that's what they, that's the the basis that can smell the different blood types and they can smell when something is wrong with your blood. So this is just an incredible story. And I, I have this quote that I really love um, from E.G. White, one of my favourite writers. And it goes like this. It says, The intelligence displayed by many dumb animals approaches so closely to human intelligence that it is a mystery. Mm. The animals see, see and hear and love and fear and suffer. They use their organs far more faithfully than many human beings use theirs. They manifest sympathy and tenderness towards their companions in suffering. 
Many animals show an affection for those who have charge of them far superior to the affection shown by some of the human race. They form attachments for man which are not broken without great suffering to them. And if we look in the Bible, we can actually see that the Lord uses animals many times to do his work. You know, you have the donkey of Balaam and, and, um, and it doesn't surprise me at all that our animals, which are, you know, so intelligent, it's almost a mystery that are sometimes used to help us even finding mm. us a kidney donation is- match. Incredible. Hey, I want to hear dog stories. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Do you know what? I'll even take a cat story, or maybe even a goldfish story. If you got a story, <laughs> send it in. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have another clue for the quiz. What city am I? We need. Have you? Have we got the microphone on, uh, producer Shell? Yep. Oh, hello, I'm back. <laughs> what city am I? <laughs> Clue number two. When the Jews here opposed Paul's preaching, he left the synagogue and went to the house of Titus Justus. That's a real cool name, Titus Justus. Mm. Sounds real powerful. When the Jews here opposed Paul's preaching, he left the synagogue and went to the house of Titus Justus. What city am I? 0491064669. Absolutely. Man, you just speed ran that thing. What can I get? If I feel win? like people should have saved that number in their phone by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what What's their prize? Uh, the prize is a copy of the Revive Cafe Cookbook. It is number eight in the series, series of ten. A uh, really lovely cookbook by Jeremy Dixon, a plant-based whole foods, a delicious cookbook. And Jeremy likes to keep things simple and quick. Uh-huh. So, yeah, nothing yeah. too hard. In this that's, that's been like every time we've interviewed him, he's like, guys, you can make the best right. food in yeah. under half an hour. Yep, that's Trust right. me. I'm like, if you believe that, Jeremy, I believe it because your food is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually just up in Byron Vega to go and eat at the Manor Haven Cafe which was absolutely great. They are kind of a spiritual successor, an Australian spiritual successor to the Revive Cafe out in, you know, out in New Zealand. Zealand, And so it it was, it was amazing. Hanging out in Byron was so good. And, uh, but I'm super glad to be home because especially like last night, I was like doing assignments and like, it was, I'm like, oh, it's 11 p.m. Like I got to, you know, Get this Naughty, in, you know. 11 p.m. But, uh, hey, that, that's the life. That's the life of a, of a uni student. That's the life of someone who's going to die young. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm in my 20s, man. Let yeah, me... this, this, is where, this is how it starts. This is a bad habits that start in your right. 20s. That's right. Sorry, it's fun. <laughs> hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and this morning we're going to be talking about, as I said, lawsuits. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about a really controversial lawsuit that's happening right now in the music space. And that is the Ed Sheeran Marvin Gaye lawsuit. Oh, I've heard about this. Now, essentially what this is, is that there is a claim that a a song that Ed Sheeran wrote Mm -hmm. in 2012 Mm -hmm. is basically steals from a song that Marvin Gaye wrote in 1973. Who is actually suing him? Because I'm pretty sure Marvin Gaye is past. Marvin Gaye is well, well gone. Yeah, it's uh, his. It's the estate of the co-writer. Oh, I of that see. song. So not okay. even Marvin Gaye's estate, but the estate okay. of the co-writer mm-hmm. of of that song, and, and also I believe it's Warner Warner Music as well or Universal. I'm just looking at the article here. Yeah, it's Warner Music as well, and they are ultimately claiming that Ed Sheeran stole, you know, key and critical and unique elements of their song mm-hmm. and that constitutes then compensation. Now, the song that they, that they believe is 
the stolen song. It's called Thinking Out Loud. It's one of Ed Sheeran's biggest songs of all time. It's like a go-to wedding song. It's like a huge, 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 huge song. Um, and so, yeah, to produce compensation for that, you, the kind of compensation that they're asking is millions, if not tens of millions of dollars. What? And even potentially hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, like this This is, again, probably one of the biggest songs in the last... Yeah. Since the I start of the... I personally hate this song. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge <laughs> fan either. But it's it's like one of the biggest songs... Since the beginning of the millennia. Yeah, yeah. Now, this has... It's a love ballad, essentially. Yeah. yeah. This has come after a string of lawsuits that have been happening over the last 10 years where people have been popping up and saying that this song borrows key and critical elements from another song and therefore compensation should be allowed. And in a lot of cases, they're losing. But in a lot of cases, Mm -hmm. they're winning. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing to me about this lawsuit is that the way that they're claiming they've stolen this music. Now, there's a few there's a few ways you can steal music. The first one is by direct sampling. Yeah. This happened to a rapper called Juice World where he stamp he he, he released a song in 2018 which was like a chart topping hit and he got done in a lawsuit I believe two artists did him because he literally sampled a melody from one song like just ri- like ripped it and mm-hmm. put it in his song and he sampled like a violin from another song and put it in his song. He hadn't cleared the sample well, because he was actually... Because like, you can do that, but you need to get permission. You need to get permission, yeah, yeah. right? But he was actually a really small artist that blew up like no uh, one's business off this one yeah. song. So, of course, he didn't sample it. It started as a SoundCloud song, so it mm-hmm. wasn't even released officially. Mm-hmm. Then he, got, he signed a record deal. They released it officially under the assumption, the record label, that he'd gotten permission but then all of these lawsuits happen. But that's so that's a direct sample of the song, and that's like, oh yeah, like a, you just copied to someone. You know, work. it's funny how the big record companies don't come and ask you for money when you're a little guy who like, that's, yeah. Exactly. Like, as soon as there's money involved, then they want to beef about it. Now, the other way you could do it is you could copy a melody mm-hmm. of a song. So you know, you have like A B C D E F G, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. So both oh, of those I didn't songs, know that. yeah, yeah, both of those songs have the same melody, right? Mm-hmm. If you directly copy a melody, but even that, I'm going to explain a little bit. I've got a guitar with me right now mm-hmm. to, to explain a little bit of how music works. But even copying that, outside of a direct sample, if you were to copy the melody of a song and then its lyrics as well and reproduce that, especially if you copied the lyrics and the melody at the same time, but just copying copying the melody itself, it does give grounds of like, okay, this is definitely recognizable. It's It's clear that they borrowed and they had inspiration from this. But the lawsuits that have been sprouting up in the last 10 years and have been won is this idea of key and critical elements of the song, Mm. pointing directly to not melody or sampling, but chord progression and, like, parts of... very small parts of the melody that are similar, which I think, as a musician, is absolutely ridiculous. Okay. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. And, guys, just let me rant about it for a second. Go okay? on, go and on. I got my guitar with me, producer Shelf. We've got the mic on. Maybe you can hear us. So this is a, the studio guitar. Lyle found it on the side of the road in a council cleanup. And we brought it to the studio last year. And it's just been here it with us here now. pretty much ever since. But uh, I've got my studio guitar here just to explain that 
there is a very limited number of notes you can use. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, particularly when it comes to chords. But let's take a key. Okay. Say we're in the key of G. And in that key of G, there are only seven notes. So, and so the G scale, it sounds like this. It's like. You're probably familiar with that. You know, mm-hmm. do, re, mi, fa, sol, ti, do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just about to say that. Yeah. And then if you go up to a different key, let's say C, then it's... Basically, what's happening here is that... So that there are these things called octaves, which is like, this is an E, and this is an E, and one's lower and one's higher. Mm-hmm. Now, in Western music, we have arbitrarily divided that space into 12. Okay. We've gone, okay, there's, there's 12 equally spaced, you know, uh, different notes within here. And, and it just helps us to kind of format music. And wherever you start on that 12, whether you start in A or C or G, there are then seven notes from the beginning of the octave to the end of the octave. So you don't use all 12. To use all 12 would be like... It would be like... Mm-hmm. It kind of it sounds like walking upstairs, yeah, or, you yeah, know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but... That's that's just that's called chromatic. So that's not necessarily a scale. That's just how we've divided it. But there are seven notes that like mathematically resonate with that first note, and we call that the the major scale. And then there's different scales: the minor scale. Da, da, da. Now those notes translate. If there's seven notes within a key, that then translates into seven chords. Now let's say uh, you are writing a song, and you have seven chords to use in any given key. And let's say you are Ed Sheeran, who sings in the key of D, which that song is in. And you're Marvin Gaye, Mm -hmm. who is also a male, Mm -hmm. so who also sings in the key of D. Mm -hmm. Would it be, you know, would it it be lost, you know, on you to think that, wow, maybe we might use the same notes or the same chords or the same progression. In fact, this happens all the time. There's super viral videos online showing like how every pop song uses the same chord progression. Yeah. And I'll give you an example right now. Not with pop music, but from church music. Mm-hmm. So this is a G. This is a very common chord progression. G. So this is the first G in the key of G and then the fourth, which is C, and then the fifth, which is D. It's very common. So you could say like... Um, um, uh, let's see. Because he lives, you know. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. Or you could say, um, the power in the blood. Would you be free of your burden oh. of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. So both of these songs use the exact same chords right. in the exact same order mm-hmm. with a very similar melody. But we both know mm-hmm. that they're very different songs. Mm-hmm. But what is happening here is that how people are... I'm going to put my guitar down. How people are winning these cases, because this truth of music has always existed. How people are winning these cases is because of, firstly, the music illiteracy of the public. And these cases are tried in front of a public jury. Oh, And so a public jury, a group of people who might not know anything about music, they come up. And you have these guys from university, musicologists, not musicians, musicologists, so people who have a PhD in in music or whatever and and write books about music, they come up and 
on behalf of, you know, the, the person putting the, the complaint in, they come up and they say, look, these songs share the same chords and they might have, you know, oh, look at the part of this melody, like not the entire melody, but this little part where they've descended from the second to the first to the sixth and see how similar that is. Obviously, they've borrowed and they share this argument with no none of the context that I just shared to the jury that leaves the jury in a place. Again, a jury who doesn't know anything about music, it's like, oh, well, you know, who would have thought that they would put those notes together? And and so if they put those notes together, well, then Ed Sheeran or Juice World or Katy Perry or whoever, she was caught up in one of these lawsuits as well not mm-hmm. long ago, they have to be copying. Mm-hmm. They have to be copying. And the jury will rule in favour of of you know the, the so they're taking advantage of it and making they're taking money. advantage of people's music illiteracy to make That's money horrible. off them in pretty much all of these cases. But and I hope this this has educated you guys mm-hmm. that again if they're not directly copying the melody, the words, or like just directly sampling, there's really no case to be made that the songs are the same mm-hmm. because all songs are the same. Yeah. In if you're using the major key, which is like. or the major and minor key, which is 90% of music in the West, if you're using those keys, like, they're all the same. Yeah. Even the Cat Empire has a song called 145, and it literally refers to that chord progression. Yeah. And it talks about how any songs that use 145 puts you in a good move. This is is literally the point. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And and so we use it in church music. Oh, if you have 251, that's Mm -hmm. like every jazz song ever. Yeah. It uses the same things. So... It got me thinking, though. It got me thinking. People are removing context from this situation mm-hmm. and and then using that to trick people into believing something that isn't necessarily true. I have a quote here from the book of Galatians, chapter 1. It says, But even if we or an angel of heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received... Let him be accursed. We live at a time in which the Bible says many false prophets will come and deceive many, claiming that Jesus is the Christ, but still leading people astray. There is such a need to know the truth. And, you know, as I'm using music as an example here, but when it comes to the Bible, there are great arguments that people could make that you could believe, but you only believe it because you don't have enough information to divide truth from from, from false, from, from, from deception. And so we give you guys full license. Get out there, get into the word of God, connect with Jesus so that you can know what the truth is. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM this morning. We've got Monica just fumbling right now. (laughs) (laughs) Fumbling the headset. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, give us another clue for the quiz. Ooh la la. Wait, hang on. Where's the clue card? Here it is. Okay. So, clue number three. What city am I? It is here that Paul met Aquila and Priscilla. What city did Paul meet Priscilla and Aquila in? Uh, and you can be in the draw to win a Revive Cafe Cookbook, Volume 8 in the 10 set, 82 recipes. Do you know what? I'm pretty sure you could 
learn 80 recipes and be set for life. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I know like six. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I know six and I'm set for life. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit like the English language. It's like millions of words, but we always use maybe about like a couple of thousand. That's it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> fantastic. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Again, that number is 0491-064-669. Guys, make sure to get your answers in so that you can win this cookbook. Hey, right now, we've got none other than Justin Lawman on the phone, sharing with us all things politics and prophecy, what's happening in our world. Justin, are you there with us? I'm here, Lawson. How are you? Oh, yeah, I am killing it. I am kicking goals, you know, <laughs> living my best life, getting it done up early on a beautiful Monday morning here. The sun is emerging here in Newcastle. How are you going, man? Uh, look, I'm in a motel room. Uh oh. Looking forward to going home, but uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm doing great, doing great. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Hey, what what are you what what are we talking about today? What are we considering in the world of politics and prophecy? Brother, there is so much going on. Hi, Monica. How's it going? Yeah, it's going okay. It's going okay. Um, look, I, I was actually going to talk about economic sanctions mm. which sounds just oh. so boring but it's there's there's been some significant things going on Absolutely. Uh, last time i spoke on here a few weeks ago i made the prediction that interest rates wouldn't go up mm. and i got so many contacted because that tuesday it didn't go up mm. and they thought i was a prophet but <laughs> i I'm, just want to show everyone out there that i i do not have possess that gift um but there's a in generally, in Scripture, money plays such a significant role. It's usually in the back row of the church, but it's there. Mm-hmm. There's over 2,356 verses that mention money in the Bible. Faith is about 700 prayers, like 800. It's it's really big in Scripture without noticing. Mm-hmm. And it, we know before Jesus steps back into history, that you won't be able to buy or sell unless you receive a mark on your forehead or your hand. It's mm. a symbolic thing for the mark of the beast. And so the role that money is going to play is not going away. And right now there's a big battle going on between inflation and interest rates if you just want to. And I, I hate talking economy because so many people will glaze over. They're sort of the, uh, yeah, but this is, this is really this affects us all, and this battle between inflation, which has come about because of all these shortages with COVID and the war with Russia and Ukraine, and mm. immigration's putting pressure on Australia, especially on housing. Um, but at the same time, we're having a downturn, and in America, they're they're really predicting now stagflation, where mm. inflation's still going up while the economy is shrinking. Yeah, wow. And that's really uh, – putting up interest rates won't work in that environment, mm. and that's our only lever we have. And in this war that's been going on, with it, it's a spiritual, cultural war within the West. Mm. Prominent people like – most people will remember the Israel Folau incident where he sure. took yeah. – a biblical stance on on the the marriage equality thing, and he he got punished for it big time, and he got punished economically. He lost his job, everything else. Well, 
that that's been going on left, right, and centre, and it's always being used by the left side of politics. Mm-hmm. Like they they've gone to town on this, and they just what we call cancel culture. If a company or someone sees something doesn't agree with it, and and they're lobbied by left wing groups, well they they'll cancel the people. Mm. Well, something really fascinating happened in the US. Uh, might have been. You guys have been away with camp and different things, but um, a company named Anheuser-Busch owns the beer company, and I just want to put a footnote here, guys. I'm not promoting beer, all right? But I, I, <laughs> no, just, no we, we, are, we are right there with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, wines and mocha, strong drinks at Brawler. Absolutely. Um, we're, not, we're not going there. But this company, which is a conservative company, mm-hmm. Bud Light, it was yes. the particular beer that they'd promoted with a an influencer who is a biological man mm-hmm. dressing as a woman, <laughs> recounting uh, his her journey into girlhood, mm. and they put out a can with this guy on there, mm-hmm. and the reaction they got from their consumers has been unbelievable. They've lost. Nine billion dollars the last time oh, I checked. Oh, oh, that particular brand has dropped fifty percent in its consumption. Wow, and wow! Not many companies could go through that and not go broke. Right. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I've been watching this for a while. I've never seen the right side of politics use this sort of power. They, they, the right tends to be, you know, freedom of speech and, and you can do whatever you like and so they don't tend to do the cancel culture. Mm. Gillette put out an ad quite a few years ago yeah, yeah. trying to shame men. Uh, they've they suffered for that. Mm. But this has taken it to a new level and I just think everyone watch this space mm. because the – the right side of politics, particularly in the US, is where all our eyes are focused because that's that's where the Revelation 13 scenario plays out. That's mm. the heart of it. And yeah, absolutely. Now, the right, so you want to ask something? Yeah, I wanted to say, now, some would say that uh, Bud Light are, you know, are suffering from losing the uh, the capitalist game game which is essentially like they did something people don't like and they're paying for it uh, they're paying for it monetarily right so now no one's buying their product is 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 that not just yeah simple capitalism it's like oh yep we just we just stop buying their stuff because we don't like them or or do you see it as, as something more playing out here well, it's it's the politics. Here we have corporations. Mm-hmm. Any corporation worth its salt knows you don't get in politics. Sure. Because the moment you do, in our country, in any country, half the country goes one way and half the country goes the other way. Yeah, so absolutely. A, a corporation, the significant thing is this corporation thought it was a good idea to dive into these cultural issues that are highly political. Mm. That's the madness. Mm. And they've got punished now by the right, and the right 
some of the commentators I listen to, they're just starting. And you see this with the Disney company. Sure. They got involved. They got involved in the in the um, legislation in Florida to try and, uh, you know, the, the governor of Florida is very much right-wing DeSantis who wants to stop uh, all this sort of um, indoctrination of kids on on gender and, and different things. Well, Disney took the site, a corporation that relies on all parents from all political sides. Mm-hmm. They took a side against the government, which was madness. And they mm-hmm. have, they too are now suffering for that. And this is playing out. The culture war is playing out in economic terms mm-hmm. and it's amped up and amped up. And I guess it is capitalism. I guess it's freedom to make a choice. But why are corporations that are supposed to be making money trying to push political agendas? Mm-hmm. That's the mad thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's we, it's 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 a, it's a difficult situation because they find themselves in because because everything's become so politicized these issues and they're the things that drive traffic and ultimately these corporations are looking to get their product in front of people and it's like oh what can we attach ourselves to it's like the forbidden fruit yeah yeah and and uh, the 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 love of uh, the love of money is the root of all evil in scripture mm. uh, they've got so caught up in this political battle that's going on between the left and the right, they've even forgot to love money. Oof. And so I think that that's a big wake-up call. And what what we're looking for moving forward is a much more powerful voice of the people representing traditional values, conservative values, mm. and calling people back to uh, – what what made America what it was, which was their faith and, and their freedom. And that plays a big, significant role in our understanding of biblical prophecy. And so that's mm-hmm. where watch the watch what's going on in those corporate, the big corporations. They've been pushing left so hard. This is really the first time I've seen the right put the brakes mm-hmm. on that. And they've put the brakes on now that companies, directors of companies, are going to be really careful about pushing agendas that are involving political stuff. Absolutely. Well, if if companies become careful about this, and given that companies are large and wealthy and influential, do you think then this politicization of every issue is, is still going to take place? I think they're going to step back from it. Like, I could, we could get into some dangerous territory. I start if I could start calling our corporations, but some massive corporations mm. have been going down a very left, and I'm going to call a very extreme line. Mm. Big companies like Google and Apple and, mm. and Facebook and all oh, sorts of absolutely. Uh, you, you see the Twitter files that have come out, like they've lost their minds mm. on what they're doing. Well, the right is waking up and saying, oh, okay, well, we're just not going to buy your products. Mm. If you want to put that in our face, we're going to boycott you. Um, that's going to put a break on that left. Because the people that hold the values that have been pushed on everyone, that 
you can choose your own gender, that it's not something that was determined, you know, mm-hmm. by your biology. All of this, it, it's very extreme. It's unscientific. Mm-hmm. That's going to really, um, the brakes are coming on that and it's going to come through the dollar. That the, that the corporations just won't be able to afford to keep pushing left as hard as they have. Mm-hmm. So then from here on out, going into the future, if I can rely on your, your gift of prophecy that you claim you don't have, <laughs> where does this leave us down the track? If they stop pushing that direction, then which direction do they push? We have had, we have had nearly 30 years of economic prosperity and I spoke with my friends in Queensland. I went to Queensland last weekend. Uh, guys I grew up with, builders, earth-moving companies, they're really in trouble. Mm. And that that's always the canary in the coal mine, that things in the economy, we're not going to keep putting up interest rates is my prediction. Do I know that for certain? No. That, my prediction is... There's bigger problems coming, and that will cause all corporations to suffer. Mm. And people are going to lose their jobs. Mm. And as they lose their jobs, uh, that's going to put families, housing, everything under pressure. This is not going to go on like it has the madness that we've we've been having for the last 10 years on this pushing left by corporations. Mm. They're going to go to the wall in ways that we haven't seen is my prediction. Mm. Am I right? We'll have to keep living just to see if that's the case. But I'm saying we've got some rough water coming. That's okay. Jesus is coming. And so we, we'll... We're going to go through some stuff that we won't believe before he comes, mm. but he is coming and he's going to deliver us. Mm. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Justin. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.